uh, not again over here when the power went out. But here we are. Lights are on. Uh, if you haven't already, open up your word to Psalm 28. Back in uh, 2018, I personally uh, felt led to spend time in the Psalms. And uh, what really kind of led me to that decision is that, and, and this, you may relate to this, I, I feel like I can talk about God fairly well, but I don't feel the same about my ability to talk to God. And so um, I was led to the Psalms. I wanted to spend time there. I was drawn there because they teach us about how to talk to God. Uh, the Psalms give us our voice. The Psalms are our response to God. Um, just in case you've never noticed this before, there are 150 Psalms and they're arranged into these five sections. And most scholars believe that uh, they were arranged in that way so that the Psalms could be understood as our response to the Torah. So the Torah are the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And so then the Psalms are in five sections in response to God's word to us in the Torah. And I think that's a beautiful way.
as we think about our communication to God, to think of God and to pray to him as our strong shepherd. And so how exactly does this imagery of God as our strong shepherd help us in our prayer life? Well, I want to mention three ways to you this morning uh, from our text here in Psalm 28. As we think about God as our strong shepherd, as we think about being his sheep and about communicating with him through prayer, I want us to think about God in these three ways. First, the strong shepherd speaks to his sheep. The strong shepherd speaks to his sheep. Let me ask you a question this morning. What image comes to your mind when you think of a shepherd? Perhaps uh, you think about someone who's a strong, silent type. You know, a tough, rugged individual who keeps to himself, spends a lot of time outdoors with the sheep, doesn't talk a whole lot. Well, have you ever thought about God in that way as a strong, silent type? Strong in action, but doesn't typically talk a whole lot? Well, the shepherd whom David is praying to here in Psalm 28 is not the strong, silent type. Listen again to what David writes here in verse 1. To you I call, O Lord, my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear to me, for if you remain silent, I will be like those who have gone down to the pit. David begins this prayer by saying, to you I call, O Lord, my rock. So David directs this prayer to the Lord who is his rock. Now, God is called rock 33 times in the Old Testament, and it speaks to God's strength. So we know that God is strong. We know that he is solid, that he's stable. However, David reminds us in this verse that God cannot be a silent shepherd. God cannot be the strong, silent type. He says here, for if you remain silent, I will be like those who've gone down to the pit. The New Living Translation reads, for if you are silent, I might as well give up and die. You see, silence is never an option for a shepherd. I want you to hear kind of a weight and the gravity of David's statement. Here's what he's saying, and I don't want you to miss it. The pit for David here is Sheol. It's not just a hole in the ground. It's the realm of the dead. And so what he's saying is the only difference for David between life and death is the voice of God. The only thing keeping him alive is God's voice. Do you get that? You see, this imagery of a shepherd is important. The difference between a live sheep and a dead sheep is the ability to hear the voice of the shepherd. Jesus talks about the importance of the shepherd's voice in John chapter 10. In verse 4 of John chapter 10, he says, the sheep follow the shepherd why? Why do the sheep follow the shepherd? Because of his looks? No. Shepherds aren't that good looking. 
Is it because they recognize his staff? No, sheep aren't that smart. It's because of his voice. They recognize the voice, and they know his voice. Then in verse 5 of John 10, Jesus says, but they'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. I'm going to play for you a little audio clip. We're going we're gonna to try this out. We'll see. Um, but I came across an article this week that called this voice that you're getting ready to hear the most recognizable voice in America. Now, uh, you can kind of sit there in your seat and think, well, who is that? I wonder, uh, that's, that's intriguing to me, right? Who is the most recognizable voice in America? Well, think about who you might say it is. And then I'm going to play this and put it up here to this microphone and see how that works. Here we go. Don't do that to me. That's all you're going to get. Who is it? Morgan Freeman, the most recognizable voice in America. I mean, his voice is so awesome that he can narrate a National Geographic documentary on penguins. And people want to watch it, or at least listen to it. Um, But here's my point in sharing that with you. We hear that voice this morning, and we recognize it. But can we say the same thing about God? Do we know his voice? Would you recognize his voice this morning if you heard it? If God were to speak to you this morning, would you recognize it as well as you just did Morgan Freeman's voice? Listen, if you need another reason why it's important to be in the word, That's another reason. We need to be in this so that we recognize his voice. That's what this is. This is a collection. This is a record of the voice of God being spoken. I love what the the writer of the New Testament book of Hebrews writes. He he begins his letter, Hebrews chapter 1, this way. He says, in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. That's unbelievable. That's what we have here. We have a record of God's voice having been spoken in the past through the prophets in various ways and then in these last days through the son. And so we want to spend time here. We want to, get, we want to be here so that we know his voice. David tells us in Psalm 28, it's a life and death matter. The difference between life and death is to know the voice of God. And so we want to, we want to spend time here. You know, there are many voices in our world speaking to us. Some are really loud and some are quiet 
but they're speaking into our life daily. And which ones have your ear? In Psalm 28, hearing the voice of God, it is, it's a life and death issue for David. His ear was attuned to the voice of the strong shepherd, and it made all the difference in his life. He knew his voice, and he depended on it for his life. You know, why are you here today? Why did you come and gather with these people today? Well, one of the primary reasons we gather together is to hear his voice. That's why I came. I want to hear from him. I want to hear his voice through, through the preaching of his word, through his Holy Spirit, through interaction with his people, through our worship, through prayer. I want to hear from God. And so this first aspect here, as we, as we just learn how to communicate with God, as we pray to the strong shepherd who speaks to us. It's a two-way street. We depend on hearing from him. He speaks to his sheep. Second thing that I want us to look at this morning is that the strong shepherd shields his sheep. Are we going to be able to show an image up here? Okay, good. All right. The strong shepherd shields his sheep. In verse 7, David writes, the Lord is my strength and my shield. Then in verse 8, David writes, the Lord is the strength of his people, a fortress of salvation for his anointed one. Now, both of these are great images of protection, a shield and a fortress of salvation. Karen likes to pray uh, out loud uh, as the kids drive away from our our home, a prayer that she heard an elder pray um, years ago when she was in college. An elder would get up at the end of a church service and would always pray the same prayer. He would pray a hedge around and a shield about every car in the parking lot as they headed out. And so David is praying to God as his shield, as his fortress of salvation. And that is great imagery. The strong shepherd is our shield, and he's our fortress of salvation. I want to share uh, with you out of 1 Samuel um, chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17 is a, is a text uh, where David is interacting with uh, Saul, and David wants to um, fight Goliath, right? And so Saul says, nah, you don't, you're a boy. Uh, but here's, what, here's David's response to Saul, and I love it. He says, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will just be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living. I love that because David understood that was part of the role, that was part of the responsibility of being a shepherd, was to be a shield, a protection, 
a fortress of salvation for his sheep. In verses 3 through 5 in Psalm 28, David just gets real honest with us here about uh, the evildoers and the wicked in the world. And he recognizes in verse 3 that he could get dragged away by it. He says, do not drag me away with the wicked, with those who do evil. One author, 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 excuse me, one author calls verse 3 David's prayer against becoming collateral damage in a fallen world. I like that because David recognizes that when he's out in the world that's fallen, that's full of sin, that's wicked, that's evil, that he could become collateral damage. And so he needs the shepherd to shield him, to protect him as he goes out. Listen, this is important. Two weeks ago in Psalm 26, we were talking about character, and that was kind of the focus of the morning. And in that context of character, I talked about the importance of community, how important it is to have a, have, a, have a Christian community in our lives because our community affects our character. And that's true. Bad company corrupts good character. That's Scripture. That's 1 Corinthians. That's why having Christian community is so important. We have to be part of a, part of a core group of, of Christ followers. But we can't just stay in our group insulated from the world. Because we're called to go out. We're called to go out into the world. And we're called to go and love our enemies. And we're called to go and serve the poor. And we're called to go and share with our neighbors. We're called to go be salt and light. As good as it is to be here in this Christian community this morning, we have to walk out of these doors and go out into the world. And so we need God to be our shepherd and our shield. I want to, I got to share these boots with you. Um, Yeah, I got these boots on this morning. These boots have changed my life. These are the most comfortable shoes I have ever worn. So I turned 50 a couple weeks ago, and um, Karen and the kids... This is a good thing about your kids getting older. They can make money. And then they actually, like, buy you stuff. And it's not just like the crayon picture or they're not just putting Legos together and giving you gifts, which are great. Those gifts are great, too. But, uh, man, everybody got together for my 50th and bought me these boots. Uh, Man, they're awesome. They're from Australia. And uh, I just walk around feeling Australian and... Just, I just love these boots. I love them. They're so comfortable. But here, this is, the, this is why I share that with you. I want you to think about this. What if so that Sunday afternoon when they gave these boots to me, and I, it was just unbelievable, my family just blessing me. There's no telling how much these things cost. I just, they love me, and I've got these boots. But what if I just kept them in the box? What if I just said, thank you, and I just went up and put them on the shelf? I said, I love these boots so much. These are the best boots. 
thank you. They're going to stay nice and protected up there on the shelf. The integrity of the shoe is not going to be damaged up there on the shelf. You see, if the church gathers and only spends time with each other, and that's it, it would be like keeping my boots in the box. You got to take them out. And you got to wear them out into the world. It's where we're called to go. To use David's language here in verses 3 through 5, we will be among those who speak peace to their neighbors and yet harbor malice in their hearts. We will be among those who show no regard for the works of the Lord and what his hands have done. And so to fulfill our calling, we are like sheep going out into the world among the wolves. And so we need the protection of the shepherd. We need for him to be our shield and our fortress of salvation. Go ahead and put that picture back up there. This picture is amazing to me. Maybe you saw it. Um, I know you saw it earlier when it was up, uh, but maybe you've seen it this week. Um, On Monday this past week, A 7.8 magnitude earthquake struck Turkey and western Syria, and it's just tragic. It's just horrible. Uh, An estimated 21,000 people are dead, and thousands and thousands upon thousands and thousands more injured. And I'm sure you've seen video and pictures of just great tragedy, devastation. But then there's this picture. This picture, the seven-year-old girl, Syrian girl named Miriam. And when they found them, she's shielding her little brother's head. Just under the rubble of their home. And she kept her arms, shielded her little brother's head for over 36 hours until the rescuers found them. What an image. That's who we have. That's, that's our strong shepherd, our big sister. And look, this, homes are going to crash. Out here, things are going to happen. And as we go out from here, as we, as we take our boots off the shelf and we put them on and go out into this world, we need strong shepherd to be our shield. That's, that's number two. That's the second thing that we see here uh, in David's prayer as he prays to the strong shepherd. And then last, the third one is the strong shepherd supports his sheep. Strong shepherd supports his sheep. I want to share another image with you. Um, this is one of those images where no words are necessary, right? You can just, uh, and you can just leave this one up for the rest of the time. This child here uh, is speaking in a universal language, right? Every person from every culture 
knows exactly what this child wants without this child having to say a thing. What is it? This child wants to be picked up. This child wants to be held. You know, there's a, there's a great image here in Psalm 28 of the strong shepherd supporting his sheep. And it begins in verse 2. There David writes, Hear my cry for mercy as I call to you for help, as I lift up my hands toward your most holy place. The psalmist cries out and calls to the Lord. That Hebrew word that's translated calls means to pray with a great cry. So so David is crying out to the Lord in prayer. With outstretched arms, he lifts up his hands toward the most holy place. Now, this is the only time in all the Psalms where we see that phrase, the most holy place. And so this is unique in the Psalms, but we know exactly what David is referring to here. The most holy place is the holy of holies. It was the innermost part of the tabernacle or the temple where the Ark of the Covenant rested. I've mentioned to you a couple weeks ago that uh, William and I are listening to the Bible Project together this year. And I love how they refer to the most holy place on there. They say it's the hot spot for God's presence among his people. That's where God was. That was the hot spot. It was the epicenter, if you will, of God's presence among his people. So in tears, David is calling out in prayer, and he reaches out his hands toward the very presence of God. And just like the picture, universal language. What is it that David wants without having to say a word? David wants to be picked up. David is crying out for the Lord to carry him. He needs to be carried. It's too much. You know, in your worship of the Lord, as you cry out to him in song or in prayer, if you ever sense that, like a small child, you just need to be carried by God through whatever your circumstances might be, whatever you're going through, then just reach out your hands to him. It's universal language. And listen to how David ends the psalm in verse 9. He asked the Lord to be our shepherd and to carry us forever. Isaiah used similar language in Isaiah chapter 40. He wrote, God tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lamb in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Also in Isaiah chapter 46, these are the words of the Lord. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all you who remain in Israel. I have carried you since your birth, even to your old age and gray hairs. I will carry you. I have made you and I will bear you. I will carry you and I will save you. It's such powerful imagery. And I think it even makes the imagery more powerful when you know the reasons for a shepherd to carry a sheep. 
I read earlier from Ezekiel chapter 34, and in those verses, the Lord shares the two primary reasons for a shepherd to pick up a sheep and carry it in his arms. First, if the sheep has been injured and is hurt. And then number two, if the sheep has gone astray and is lost. In either circumstance, whether hurt or lost, the strong shepherd searches for, brings back, binds up, and carries us when we cry out and lift up our hands to him. One commentator that I read this week said that the last line of Psalm 28, the second half of verse 9, so Psalm 28, verse 9 B, he called it the most beautiful and moving prayer in all the Psalms. This is David praying to the Lord on behalf of the people of God, be their shepherd and carry them forever. Isn't that a great prayer? Isn't that a great intercessory prayer? Not a great prayer for me to pray for my children. Be their shepherd. Carry them forever. We pray to the strong shepherd who supports his sheep. You know, I think it benefits us greatly as we pray, as we learn how to communicate in prayer, to think of God as our strong shepherd. God is the strong shepherd who speaks to us. God is the strong shepherd who shields us. And God is the strong shepherd who supports us. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you. We're thankful for the Psalms. We're thankful that you've given us this prayer book. Um, and so we come to you as our shepherd. We, we get that, you know, Thousands of years later, it's even kind of difficult to think about the relevancy of a shepherd, but we want to continue this, this imagery because it's so, it's so good. It's so good to think of you in these ways as the one who speaks to us, the one who shields us, and the one who supports us. And so may each one of these truths about who you are, may they change who we are. May we trust and may they... May they cause us to trust you more and have greater faith. And as we do go out into the world today, may we go out with just a a little bit more courage than we did when we walked in this place because we know you're our strong shepherd. I pray this in your name. Amen. This morning, uh, the invitation is for um, anyone here who, who doesn't know the Lord. You know, I, no matter the hurt you've experienced or the, or the sin that you have chosen, um, don't let that hurt or that sin define who you are. Call out to him this morning. Reach out your arms to him. God is the strong shepherd who will carry you forever. Whatever your need might be this morning, let's stand together and sing.